Please edit out that last thing I said there where I totally trailed off. I like had nothing to add. I was just like agreeing, but was not. Was it when I was interrupting you? Yeah. Like, oh. If we can find a way to cut that out, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> I think also I was maybe getting hungry because I was like not able to filter myself, like not able to like mm -hmm. be patient and not just jump in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually am like worried that my stomach rumbles picked up on the microphone and I was just like, <laughs> that's the least of it, I'm sure. <laughs> and I live for moments like this. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Vicarious, a podcast that dives into the creative minds of me, Alex Scott, and me, Karen White, and anyone else who will talk to us. Today, that person is our friend and podcast producer, Will Chernoff. Hi, Hello. Will. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us. Oh, thank you for welcoming me here. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we invited Will here today to help us moderate this season finale, mm -hmm. our season one finale of Vicarious. We're doing a Q&A episode. So Will's going to very kindly field these questions <laughs> for us. Before we get into that, let's talk about the creative thing we did for the week. Right. Alex, do you want to go first? I will go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will. All right. Um, so the creative thing that I did this week, technically last week, because we are recording on a Monday, but last Wednesday, I had my first ceramics course or ceramics class. I signed up for a cer ceramics class that runs for six weeks. So it started last week, which was the end of May, and it's going till the beginning of July. And I've never done ceramics before, certainly not ceramics on the wheel. I think I did like pottery classes as a child. As we all, uh, as we all, as we all ventured into at one point or another. Yeah. So, class. yeah, I, but I love looking at ceramics. Like I, <laughs> I love admiring that kind of work. And I think I mentioned in one of the first two episodes that I signed up for a sculpture class in university <laughs> when I did like a couple years at yes. the U of S thinking it was a ceramics class <laughs> yeah. and then learning it certainly was not. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm continuing that dream to learn how to, you know, hopefully build or make some mugs and some bowls, a vase maybe. And mm -hmm. yeah, so that was my creative thing. But it was the first class so we didn't actually properly make anything we were just learning the very basics of like how to use the wheel right so yeah so I've got my next class in two days I'm looking forward nice. to it that's exciting yeah, yeah pottery seems so so hard <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly but, yeah. yeah but really rewarding and mm -hmm. well and Karen knows I almost said firsthand technically secondhand <laughs> I've never done pottery in my life no but your sister has yes. like really taken to ceramics Karen's yes. sister Julia and she makes really beautiful work in fact I'm looking at some of her work right now <laughs> it's on my table I know I wish I could plug my sister's work to people but she's very very Firm in her belief that she does not want to sell any of her she ceramics. She totally could because oh. it's beautiful. I know. She yeah. is so talented. She started, I think, she just told us, 2020. Three, three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And she's really, yeah, really, really taken to it. She loves it. She does it really regularly. Mm -hmm. And she is making such beautiful things. She's so creative with it. And I've seen it really, like, come through you know, her creativity come through in that medium. Mm -hmm. I'm really lucky that she's my sister because she gifts me 
many, many, many things, which yeah. maybe we'll share. We could share those if if she's okay with it. I'll talk to her first. But yeah. <laughs> we could share them, share them on our Instagram. Yeah, they're, exactly. Yeah, they're beautiful. And yeah, I, yeah, she came over and gifted you uh, an apron. Yes. Yeah, she's l- lending me an apron to use because I didn't even really know where to buy an apron. I never wear an apron for cooking or baking. So I was like, I guess I could order one off Amazon. But I'm pretty sure I, you can get an apron in probably anywhere. Literally anywhere. Literally anywhere. <laughs> but now but, you have a special one. But now I have a special mm-hmm. one. Yeah, because I just texted Julia and I was like, what kind of apron do I need? And then she very kindly offered to lend me one. So, yeah. She's very excited for you, I think. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. 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 Karen, what was one creative thing you did this week? My creative thing, I wasn't wasn't entirely sure what to say today. And then this morning, actually, I did a yoga video. I've been doing a lot of yoga with Cassandra. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex knows she also does yoga (laughs) with Cassandra. Uh, She's a YouTube yoga instructor who Mm -hmm. creates a lot of really different types of yoga videos it's really cool for beginners intermediate advanced yeah I especially like that they're pretty short classes or I mean she does a a wide range Mm -hmm. you know she'll do like 30 minute 50 minute but a lot of her classes are 10 to 20 and that's kind of perfect for the morning when you feel like you need to move your body but it's so easy to put off doing a workout if it feels too long Mm because you feel like you don't have enough time so I really like that yeah it's really hard to talk yourself out of 10 minutes you know you can try you can fit that in at some point so yeah it is nice and then when you are in that flow of like doing the yoga regularly then venture off into the longer Mm -hmm. videos uh, the one I did today, I just, I pulled it up. What was it's it called? It's the Gemini It's one. the Gemini yoga yeah. flow. Did you do it? I have. I did it. I, I was like, oh, I don't feel like I have time for this. I woke up late, but I saw it. It was 15 minutes. I know. It wasn't it's, one of the 10 minutes. I know. It was, it was 15, very, it's, it's too, shameful. Too long. But I've been really liking her, her Zodiac yes. series. Yeah. Um, me too. Really me too. It. This is the third Zodiac sign, right? Third in the... in the calendar and um, it was yeah Gemini and the reason I'm bringing it up is because in all of her yoga videos that she does she comes up with affirmations Mm -hmm. um, that you kind of think about and maybe say to yourself as you're doing the practice kind of like hearkening back to what Alex you brought up in an episode about like meditation you know just trying to kind of be a little more meditative more thoughtful and her affirmations today really stood out to me. I thought it was very fitting for this last episode of the pod. It was, I am innately creative and my thoughts and ideas are worth sharing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. And that, that was so, I, was, I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh. Because I think those were things that at the beginning of the podcast were maybe not necessarily worries, but just things that I had been ruminating with and really unsure about especially you know starting a podcast where you're literally just sharing your (laughs) thoughts and putting those out there yeah it can feel very self-indulgent and yeah it was just really cool to get that those words of affirmation presented to me on this day specifically yeah and yeah yeah it was it was really great I think it's a great practice to do uh, it's also my creative recommendation or one of my creative recommendations yeah. of the day is do some yoga with Cassandra. Yeah. Also, she's Canadian, too, which is a nice little mm-hmm. yeah, support support a, a local Ontario. Well, not local, yeah. but I mean, whoops. <laughs> national. <laughs> yeah. National a national treasure. YouTube <laughs> 
yoga YouTube influencer yeah. who happens to be Canadian. <laughs> and Will, what was one creative thing you did this week? Yeah, well, in addition to all the other music, I've been so lucky to play a whole bunch of music over the last year or so. I've got something coming up that I'm really looking forward to, which I don't get to do very often. I actually did some of this before COVID and I really enjoyed it. And I've been waiting for my chance to do it again, which is I like to play acoustic guitar and I like to play Irish and Scottish influenced music mm. and fiddle tunes because away from jazz going into COVID, I had this whole other side of my life where I was in a folk band and I played folk music. And then I started picking up some guitar playing in that style too. And I have two friends who I'm going to be playing with in a little bit on the coast. I've got two shows coming up on the coast. I'm going to be playing guitar with my friend Kieran Lamb, who plays flutes and sings, yeah, and my friend Emily Wood, who plays piano. So we're going to play as this special trio. We've only Whoa. ever done it when we've been jamming in people's houses before. And so I get <laughs> oh. to like figure out what we're going to play. And so I just started picking up my guitar today and figuring out what that's going to look like. So oh, I can't wow. wait to play where, with Kieran guys, and Emily. Where are you guys playing? We're going to play at something called the Seashell Summer Music Series, which is at the library outdoor stage right in the town center of Seashell. And there's like craft markets and farmers markets happening when they do those oh, concert nice. series the whole time. And then we're going to do a house concert as well that oh, weekend. Fun. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. So you've just been practicing for that and kind of getting ready? Yeah, I got to figure out what we're going to play. So I've been listening to some of the favorite stuff that Kieran and I used to play as a duo. Uh, we've never played with Emily really in that concert situation so we got to figure out what we're going to pull back out of our pre-covid catalog and then what emily might want to do emily's got some great music out there too so yeah i'm excited nice. to put it all together so uh, i just started thinking about that that's cool mm -hmm. that's awesome to be able to branch out from the genre that you're used to playing and then also the instrument yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new world so i i, I really dig it that's <laughs> awesome okay so for Anyone who maybe hasn't tuned into all of the episodes and is wondering who is Will, <laughs> Will, as Karen said, is our podcast producer and was totally instrumental in helping this podcast come to fruition mm -hmm. when it was just a seed of an idea. <laughs> I had, you know, asked Karen if she wanted to work on this podcast, create this project with me. And Will interviewed me on his podcast, Will Rhythm Changes, last year for, for one of my music projects. And so when Karen and I were kind of talking about ideas, I decided to reach out to Will and just get some advice. And from there, he's just been such a huge help from literally helping us get set up, like mm -hmm. physically helping us get <laughs> set up <laughs> during the first oh, yeah. <laughs> during the first episode, yeah. a bunch of behind the scenes things, just, you know, like helping us with equipment, like what to use, and then bount just bouncing ideas, you know, for us planning. And then from there on, from the first episode on, he has been behind the scenes, helping with the production, the the editing, the mixing, the mixing, exactly putting the putting the pod together. And then he's also been really kindly supporting us and promoting the podcast on his on his channels as well so mm -hmm. it's been a real joint effort i'd say between the three of us to get mm -hmm. this thing off the ground yes will is uh, up until now the more silent participant yeah, but he is it really is a three-person <laughs> operation yeah he's been behind the scenes but totally integral to this process so mm -hmm. yeah we're really lucky to have him here for the season finale and mm. to, to talk with us. We are going to do a proper episode with him so you'll get to know him better. But for now, we're going to kind of talk about the podcast, do a little wrap up and 
go through some of the questions that our guests very kindly submitted for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to start? I've got the questions ready to go and I'm happy to deliver them to you. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's start right away. Dive right in. Yeah. And we're going to attribute them because they came from each of your guests. So you exactly. can find out who asked which and then that'll be a nice pointer back to each of those guest episodes of Vicarious. If you haven't listened to them yet, you can go and check them out. If you're coming in on this one, this is a good place to start because you can branch out and listen to everybody else's, right? Yeah, totally. One. You'll get a little taste for what's been on people's minds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jamie asks, what was the intention behind creating your podcast and choosing your guests? Do you feel like you earned what you were hoping for when you did it? Mm-hmm. So we did mention in the first episode or, you know, I, I think we made reference to it in both episode one and two, the catalyst for this podcast. And it really came about after a conversation that Karen and I had had, something that Karen and I and our lovely friends, Jamie and Kriya have done over the last, not quite a full year, but, you know, starting mm-hmm. in the fall is we are accountability partners for each other. And so we get together roughly once a month and we discuss our goals, whether that's like financial goals for savings and and plans uh, or career goals. And now we've kind of branched out to include more personal goals. Mm -hmm. And so Karen and I had a conversation after our accountability meeting in February and we were talking about how we were feeling, well, Karen, I guess maybe do you want to field this? Because I think... Yeah, it was kind of coming from me. So <laughs> I feel like this is a theme with me. My The people listening who know me will know that this is a theme. Tax season is a really hard time for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for, 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 all, all, for I, all self-employed, yes. for all artists, it's yeah, it's a stressful time. <laughs> a really stressful time. Yeah, I'm sure every self-employed person listening uh, can relate. And the reason I was laughing is because I just recorded the, the song that I, I've talked about in previous episodes that my band just recorded I wrote after last year's tax season and feeling just really really disheartened and this year I had the same sort of worries so I asked Alex to meet up before going for this tax meeting (laughs) because I knew I would just feel terrible after and you know it actually went pretty well but that's not really the point (laughs) so I was feeling very What's the word? Disheartened? I mean, disheartened, but a little like up in the air. Like my mm. my life and my career is feeling kind of nebulous and like it didn't really have, I didn't really have any clear path or, or goals. And one of the things that I was really struggling with was that at the accountability meeting that you're talking about, Alex, I was putting out career goals that I didn't really care about. They were just kind of goals that I felt I should have, but not necessarily goals that I wanted to have or that felt personal or or like passionate to me. Yeah. So Alex and I had a great conversation about that and about just trying to branch out and to, to, to find new things to, to, to get excited about and to maybe change some of those goals and and create some some new ones and then the next day I think was when you texted me to ask about this podcast yeah <laughs> so it really was just this kind of organic very like of the moment sort of idea yeah and it really just kind of came to me mm-hmm. I, I I've been a fan of podcasts for years and years mm-hmm. like you know 10 years 10 11 12 years as have I. Yeah, yeah. It's a medium that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I had thought about making a podcast 
also like seven or eight years ago too. And just the idea was never clear. It never really came Mm. off, you know, came off the ground. And I, I just put it aside. I didn't really think too much of it after the initial desire quite a long time ago. And the idea just kind of popped into my head. I asked Karen, this was a Tuesday, (laughs) late February, a Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, I texted Will about it. I think the very next day or, or no, two days after on a Thursday. And Will said, do you want to hop on a phone call? We t- Will talked to me on the phone for an hour mm-hmm. and we just hashed out all these details and it was like, okay, I guess this this could happen. This is happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we started planning and booking guests. Shortly after that, we, we recorded the first couple of episodes, the duo episodes in March, and then mm-hmm. we started booking guests in April and here we are. And now we're already at the end. So it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a real whirlwind. And so to answer the second part of Jamie's question of what, what, what were you hoping to... Did we earn what we were hoping to yeah. receive, I guess, what yeah. we were hoping to receive? And for me personally, I didn't really have a very clear... Or, or specific things that I was hoping to take from the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think what I was hoping to experience was just more conversations like Karen and I were having in private and open it up to to have kind of, I suppose, like a platform where we could invite people to come and talk to mm-hmm. us and, and share in those conversations. To have really like intentional conversations, which I think we don't really have with people um, in a way that's super active and super focus but still like free-flowing and and yeah intentional and I think the container of a podcast is really lovely I agree with you it's often hard to have those conversations and I think it's not only hard to have them as like a person within a conversation remembering to be really present and listen and ask questions but it can also be hard as the person on the other side of that conversation it can be really uncomfortable <laughs> to mm-hmm. to be to be that deep and that detailed and that vulnerable and open but the container of a podcast shines a light on someone in a way that is inviting to tell your story mm-hmm. and to get into more personal aspects of your life or your thoughts or your process and uh, that's been just so lovely so for me personally i think that we I was I was so pleased to be surprised by a lot of the conversations that we had, surprised in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a great way. I'm so grateful for the guests that came on and were sharing vulnerably with us and had some really interesting conversations. So for me personally, I do feel like we've, quote, like earned what we were <laughs> hoping for. And also it was just a lovely way to put something out in the world that felt less loaded for me than putting out my music (laughs) and to be part of something that was more community oriented as in we were working together the three of us Mm -hmm. and we were inviting guests in when I do music stuff it often feels like it's even if I'm working with a producer once the actual music making part of it is over the marketing, the promotion, all feels like it has to come from me. And that is really challenging for me. So working on something as, as a team and focusing my energy and my attention on other people during the conversations and promoting their work has been so rewarding. And I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't agree more with everything you said. I think my biggest hope for the podcast was like you said to just keep like have more conversations and 
get into other people's minds and their relationships to creativity and to their work and their life and to feel that sense of community and I think when when you're feeling a bit disheartened or lost maybe you feel a bit alone in that and to just kind of open up the floor to to people and to to bring those conversations in is really important and I've benefited from it so much. I've left every conversation really thinking about the really profound words that all of our guests have had and each conversation has really resonated with me and surprised me. It's left me with things that I hadn't really thought about before or things I have thought about before but maybe a different a different approach or dif- different aspect of that. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, creating this podcast, I thought might feel kind of self-indulgent or selfish in a way, like who would want to just listen to us talk? And so I think we were really intentional with the idea of wanting to um, really, like you said, highlight other voices and to open up those conversations. But really, it was about our guests and I left feeling so inspired so I was so excited that we were able to not only have the conversations but share them with people and hopefully they've been as inspiring to the listeners as they have to me and you I I hope so (laughs) (laughs) I hope so and I'm I'm sure because um they've been really great so yeah 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 that makes total sense those are great answers those great motivations if you're gonna have you know, any stated reason, that's a great one. So it's a good one to carry with you as you keep going, right? Well, yeah. as, as someone who's also been involved in the podcast, did you have any hopes or thoughts for going into this before we started? Yeah, that's a good question. You think in like in terms of me being involved, like why was I coming in the way that I came in? Or like, what did I read off of what you were doing? What are you thinking? When, yeah, I think that what you just said. And then also, once you decided to be involved, did you have any expectations or hopes for how it would go? Oh, well, I mean, we've definitely talked before about how the right amount of expectations to have when you start something like this is no expectations. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's very Which smart. I yeah. think, yeah, I think keep, we keep kinda, the expectations low. <laughs> yeah, very wise. That low yeah. Bar. Yeah. So I definitely had that too, as I have when I've launched other podcasts recently with some other people. I kind of started winding down my first show that I made all by myself, the Rhythm Changes podcast recently and still want to stay involved, right? So what do I do if I'm not going to be making the show in the same place that I used to live in after I moved apartments and changed up what my time looks like, what my schedule looks like? How can I keep podcasting? Well, it just so happened as I was wondering about that, that other people like yourself, Alex, were coming to me with their own ideas. And so when that happens, it's wonderful because I can just, you know, jump in and say yes and help the other person do what they want to do. So if you want to start a podcast out there, you know, you never know who you're going to find who might want to help you do it. That feeling that you described about when you feel alone in some of the tasks that you have to do when you're making music, like you don't want to feel like that, right? So if you have something that you want to launch, definitely tell your friends before you get too deep into it and don't force yourself to feel alone, right? That's such Mm -hmm. a good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's put a pin in that because that's going to, and and by let's put a pin in that, it's more for me uh, (laughs) because that's going to tie into our creative recommendation. My creative recommendation. Oh, yeah, like ours? <laughs> ours. I mean, kind of yours, too, but more more mine, but you were involved. Okay. okay. Anyway, we're going to keep anyway, it Yeah, keep moving going. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to throw this next one. You want to continue? You want to go on to another mm-hmm. one? I'll throw this yeah, one to go. Karen first to oh, okay. keep it moving. Alana asks, what kind of music do you usually listen to? 
Oh, okay. That's a good question. <laughs> it's really sad. My Spotify playlist like roundup or whatever they call that at the end of the year is often super eclectic because it's mostly student uh, students music that I've been forced to, <laughs> to listen to and I feel like that you know takes up a lot of a lot of space for me when I'm listening to music but the music that I enjoy listening to uh, varies as well I mean you know jazz has really infiltrated my <laughs> my life um, I never listened to jazz before we started our program but that one is a is a running theme in my life now jazz is a big one but also I really like folk I like older music rock music the kind of classics of the 60s to 90s mm. <laughs> that kind of thing I I don't listen to as much current music as I feel like I should but yeah I like I like all kinds I like soul Motown R&B that's a tough one to really narrow down. I'll say what the music I don't listen to is country mm. and uh, and rap. It's not a big one on my list, but everything else is fair game. Can't Have you got any, any highlights of things that you've been enjoying recently? Yeah, well, in our last episode with Dust, I mentioned making a mood playlist that right? started yeah. with a lot of Radiohead. Um, it was going to be like a 90s alt rock sort of playlist. I got mm -hmm. the cranberries in there. I don't know. I started to branch out. I really wanted to add the Smiths. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. 80s. And then you two got in there. And so it was just kind of that era. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been really into right now, the kind of... 90s alt rock 80s 90s nice early aughts yeah yeah what about you Alex so yeah I love a lot of different types of music too uh, I primarily listen to a lot of like R&B and hip-hop but I also listen to alt folk mm -hmm. quite a lot and that's sort of like the music genres that I gravitate towards most often so to keep it short and sweet and snappy I'm going to give you some things that I've been really enjoying lately so I just found this a couple days ago and I've been listening to it nonstop. It's an EP by an artist called Sister Ray and the EP is called Teeth. And the first two songs I'm just obsessed with, I listen to them multiple times a day. <laughs> so would highly recommend checking out the EP Teeth, but also the first track on that EP is called Teeth. I love that song so much. And then the second song, Pressing Down, also love it so much. And that was Sister Ray. For months, I've been listening to the new SZA album. I still love it, <laughs> SOS. I'm really into Daniel Caesar's new album right now as well, especially the song Homosexual. It's like such a bop. <laughs> so fun nice. um and yeah just like love frank ocean and leon bridges and boy genius and those yeah those are the highlights for now that's all i can think of off off the cuff off the cuff it's pretty good yeah. Yeah. i feel like i need to i need to say so all the country and rap fans out there i'm sorry i do like country and rap in in specific situations <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to feel like those genres are less than. yeah we don't want to alienate anyone no, here. No, 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 no. <laughs> all music is welcome all music is welcome how about you, Will? Have you got any any tunes you want to shout out, any or any artists you want to shout out that have been really striking your fancy lately? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, my curse is that uh, if I'm not careful, then the only stuff that I ever listen to is what's involved in my work, and I just get mm -hmm. trapped in that. Mm -hmm. So, whenever I can actually get out of that, I always enjoy it. And that could be like at my day gig or the local music that comes to me at Rhythm Changes, right? So often I am just kind of stuck in that, and that's all I'm listening to. I really don't have much of a 
feel or time for most pop music that's out there. Like I'm just so out of the loop on so many of those things, but there's so much great music in my community that I cover right now. And there's a lot of international jazz music that I get exposed to at my work that I really dig. But I also love folk and singer songwriters and Celtic music or Mm -hmm. fiddle music that I got exposed to during my time there. And over the last year or so, there's one artist who I've been obsessed with recently because he's merged those two things, which is something that I enjoy doing as well and that I'm always looking for. But it's this, this is a good jazz pick out there that is a little bit off the track and will sound not much like a lot of the other things you can think of. But he's a young Scottish saxophonist. His name is Matt Carmichael. And he has this band that's saxophone, violin, piano, bass, and drums. And it's beautiful, beautiful stuff that just combines like both halves of my musical life so far. And so he's got two albums out right now. He did like an hour live set that's out on YouTube that I've listened to a whole bunch of times. And I've been listening to his music a lot lately, Matt Carmichael. Oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay, this one's got a few different pieces to it, but it is very thematically on point for the show. So Korea asks, (laughs) how have you discovered creative balance for yourself? If you haven't, what are you working on Or what would you like to work on to find it if you need more balance? Okay, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's a really interesting question because it's not something that I think about all that often. And it may be because I focus so much or my concept of creativity in my own life is so focused around music and I always feel like I should be doing more. So the idea of balance is not really part of that equation. It's always more. (laughs) Should be writing more, should be practicing more, should be. So I feel like I could, it would do me well to consider creative balance. I know that doing this podcast has, has eaten up a lot of my creative energy in terms of like what I'm focusing on and just what needs to be done for the podcast to get it out on time, the editing, doing, working on the Instagram posts, working on, you know, those little videos that we do sometimes. (laughs) So that has taken, taken up a lot of space in my life. But uh, I know that I do often feel like when I'm stifled in one area, I really crave a creative outlet. So when I'm stifled in my music, I, I'm often floundering <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was part of my motivation for signing up for the ceram- ceramics class. Besides just being interested in ceramics, I just wanted another avenue to pour my energy into. So I think creative balance for me happens a lot more subconsciously than consciously. And I'm still sort of figuring that out. So I don't have a clear answer. That's a totally to reasonable yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty mm. good. You know, don't feel, don't feel guilty. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a hard thing to, to really figure out for yourself, just balance in general, but especially, you know, creative balance. Like you said, Alex, you feel like you have to kind of pour, pour your creative energy into music, right? That's, that's kind of our chosen creative path but what I've realized pretty recently is that I'm very much a hobbyist like I really enjoy having different things on the go that kind of keep my attention from getting too like focused on one thing and actually one of my one of my goals in our accountability meetings has been to diversify my creative projects so this podcast was a great 
great one. Diversifying in my music projects a little bit as well, but then also just hobbies. I think I think I've realized that it's important for me to have the creative and artistic pursuits that are like for other people's consumption and you know for mine as well but like music this podcast you know things that are being put out into the universe and then things that are just for me that are kind of on my own time and on my own timeline and really for no one else all the you know the the knitting and the (laughs) the um new sewing project that I am undertaking yeah just just those things that are that are more personal. I think that's that's how I am finding balance currently. It's been a, it's been a recent discovery I think doing this podcast and having these accountability meetings that, that we've recently been doing have helped me figure that out for sure. I'm glad to hear that you both feel like the podcast has helped you do it, right? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great outlet. You know, we talked in our episode two about creative outlets and this podcast really has been (laughs) the biggest one of all I think for for me for myself totally same 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 (laughs) yeah all right here's another good one that's kind of in a similar vein but you could take it a little bit further into maybe one of those many things that you talked about depending on which one feels the most relevant to you Carrie asks what do you think about limits and limitations in your creative process or in your creative practices limits and limitations in your creative process Ooh, yeah. that's a good question that's a really good question i think it's kind of similar or in the same vein as as kriya's i think just knowing when you've reached your limit in one one area where you feel creatively stuck or maybe where that that feeling of inspiration just isn't isn't hidden it is not coming and knowing how to get out of that funk maybe by diversifying your projects yeah I don't know what about what what do you think Alex well something that came to mind listening to that question was thinking about self-limiting beliefs I think we all get caught up in limiting beliefs. And I know I, I feel like a broken record here talking about this project <laughs> that I am really struggling <laughs> to get off the ground, which is this EP or maybe not. And, and, and when I say maybe not, it's because thinking about the songs that I have having to be one project was this limiting belief that I had mm-hmm. and it just wasn't coming together. And so after listening to, I think, Josh's episode in particular about not having to be part of the industry if you don't want to, not to say that I don't want to be part of the industry, but just thinking about releasing these songs for me, not to have them be a specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Chris helped me see that as well, of, um, you know, and, and you too, Karen, like conversations that we've had about expanding the way that I'm seeing my own project or my own potential and not putting those, not enforcing these limiting beliefs just because of some arbitrary reason, (laughs) you know, letting something evolve from where it was conceived. Mm. Um, And so when thinking about limits and limitations, I think there's a couple things that really helped me. One was having conversations with my friends Mm -hmm. and being open to their feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think oftentimes we can get, get so stuck in our own narrative that we might be resistant to hearing, you know, other ideas. And I was, I certainly was with the first couple of times people suggested like, you don't have to release them all together. And I was like, 
but it's this thing that I thought it was and it's not, you know, like I was so resistant. Uh, but eventually that kind of hard shell that I'd calcified was, I was able to chip away at it a little bit. So feedback and people that you trust to bounce ideas off of or to, or to, or to, you know, open you up a little bit, I think is great. And then also some space. I think mm-hmm. while I was often and still am kind of fighting between feeling like I need to get this out and get this done because the longer it goes, the less I'll care about it versus just like, why don't I just wait till I am feeling motivated again? That's something that I sort of struggle with, like knowing when to push and when to allow space. And right now I'm of the mindset that it's okay to let yourself have distance from something Mm -hmm. that is giving, that you feel stuck in. So those would be my two suggestions for when you're feeling limited or you're feeling limited or like self-limited, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Open yourself up to conversations with people and, and allow yourself to see it in a new way potentially. And if that feels too hard, give yourself some space and focus on something else. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's really fascinating. I've got a perspective that I want to throw in here too, because I find Please. it, I find it really interesting mm. to, to hear yours because I'm, I need something that is in a different direction for sure than that like that my i always appreciate limits i always want more limits i find limits very helpful because i am naturally just a runaway train i can't be stopped i want to do everything (laughs) all the time with with all the people i possibly can and everybody (laughs) who cares about me the number one thing they always want to tell me is please slow down please prioritize please pick things and I just won't unless I'm given like that, that kind of tough love. So for me, I always appreciate limitations and I need help with mm. limits so that I can focus because otherwise I'm just going to, I'm just going to run myself into the ground because that's like naturally what I want to do all mm. the time. So that's, that's what I was thinking of in terms of limits. How totally. And I think we're all interpreting the word limits a little bit differently yeah. because when you're saying that, I, I totally agree. Like having limits as in potentially deadlines like you have to get this Mm -hmm. done by a certain time or parameters parameters yeah Yeah. limits as in like how many resources you can use i i do think that's actually really great for creativity Mm -hmm. because yeah there when it's just an open space or there's just you can you can take it for as long as you you know as long as you could possibly you can work on it for as long as possible then that that could just be a bottomless pit Mm -hmm. and even and your creative ideas right if there's no sort of specificity or focus there that could be so overwhelming and so confusing to to really hone in on what you want to do so having some yeah whether they're personal limitations or parameters or you know coming from from things like deadlines that can be that can be really helpful Mm -hmm. for sure I feel that way yeah, that's why it's a good question because it allows for all these diverse interpretations. Exactly. Of it, right? yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Carrie. <laughs> yeah. This is a more straightforward question again from Alana. Mm. What is your Chinese zodiac animal? Do you know? What I is do it? know. <laughs> so I am born the year of the snake mm. or serpent. Serpent. Yeah. Do you know what that means for you? Mm. I'd have to do a quick Google. <laughs> I was, I, I asked, I, I'm the year of the rooster, but I oh. don't, <laughs> Alex looks like, uh, oh, that was a very uh, intrigued, very, <laughs> it sounds like you know any, anything about the rooster, which I do not. Do you know anything about the rooster? The thing is, is that I'm not as like well-versed in Chinese mm, uh, mm-hmm. zodiac as I am just kind of like regular astrology. Right. So 
I don't know exactly, but I, I, I feel like if I do, <laughs> if I, you know, if this is actually right, I do feel like we're like compatible. Oh, really? You know? Oh, well, that's they have, cute. They have like ones that are compatible Aww. or, you know, more or less compatible. <laughs> so I'm trying to just find something real quick. While you're looking for that, I'll talk about our um, astrological signs as well. Oh, because thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know much about astrology. I think w- what I've learned has been a direct result of just being friends with Alex and and <laughs> getting my like chart read, learning about my different signs. But I've really noticed in doing this project with you, Alex, that our signs are like coming through the energy oh, like Alex you're, Alex you're very Virgo energy in just the structure the organization she's definitely been the leader of this operation kind of making sure that we're getting everything covering our bases and I'm like typical Pisces just kind of like going with the flow just like you know daydreaming a little bit but um just wanting to tap into the creative aspects, I mm-hmm. guess. I think that's I think that's a Pisces trait. Well, and one thing I was going to say too that I think that comes through with our signs is in the episodes, I know that you're a very attentive listener and mm. you're often pulling and noticing more emotional threads than I do. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's definitely come through in our interview styles hey you whereas I'm like okay let's keep this train going (laughs) and like you know sometimes to a fault but no no I think it's really good to have both I think um yeah I think we've kind of naturally taken to the roles that we've taken to (laughs) hopefully hopefully it's been oh my goodness wow so snake and rooster the Chinese zodiac compatibility of the rooster and snake is so strong oh. that they can develop a happy relationship. Oh, uh, that Guess is we're in love. so <laughs> and <the> other, sweet. <laughs> and the other thing, too, that's fun about Pisces and Virgo is they're opposites on, on, the, mm-hmm. on the wheel. So we're mm-hmm. called sister signs. So it's nice to know oh, that wow. in, in both systems, we're very compatible. Very compatible. Complimentary. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and Will... Uh, we just learned is a cat, or I just learned is a Capricorn. Yes. Oh. So another Earth sign, another very hardworking, goals-driven sign. Oh, yeah. that yeah. checks out. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, Will, do you know your Chinese zodiac? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what year are you born? Uh, <laughs> do you want to say? <laughs> wanna I'll look it up. Actually, I want to know. Yeah, let's see if we're all compatible. <laughs> Okay, so I'm born in January, though, so it would be the previous year, right? Isn't that how it works before? I think you're right. The Chinese year is different. Right. So... Yeah, because I've celebrated Chinese New Year every year for most of my life because I have I have a Chinese stepmom, so I do recall that. But and what is my year? You don't know your Chinese zodiac. No, yeah, come mm, on. Will. Okay, that might be a little <laughs> tricky. So maybe we'll we might yeah. need to add that in the show notes. <laughs> I your think stepmom. I Check think that the correct answer is the year of the pig. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think I'm not sure. I might I might be getting that split wrong, but I think it's the year of the pig. The year of the pig. Okay, let me just check out. We're both, so according to Google, so, you know, grain of salt here. I, I know this is not the most reputable way to find out this information, but bo- so in regards to pig and snake, both are capable of working extremely hard when necessary 
Uh, but both enjoy relaxing and luxurious and elegant surroundings. Oh. <laughs> Great to know. And let's see pig and rooster. They share best love compatibility. Wow. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, my goodness. They tend to be somewhat laid back. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, it turns out at least there were no big, like, cannot work together. Yeah. <laughs> like, completely right. incompatible. I think we've got a nice harmony going on here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're all gelling. I mean, we already knew that. We but already it's knew that. It's good to know that the universe is on board. Yeah. It's conspiring <laughs> with us. Thanks for that question, Alana. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got another one from Alana, actually. That's kind of another offbeat one that, that we could go for here while Let's we're there. Let's do it. Okay. So, if you could invite five people and i guess you can determine before we get into it whether you want to do five people between yourselves so that you only come up with two or three each or if you want to do a full five each Mm. of you you're welcome to but if you could invite five people over for dinner dead or living who would they be oh yeah that's so it's hard 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 to narrow down but i feel like we could do five each just because i feel like if (laughs) i might i might be a little selfish about Mm -hmm. choosing people and I, i i definitely think ours would be different from each other yeah. I mean, I I find these types of questions so hard because they change, like my answer changes. changes. Yeah. And so well, putting it out there for, you know, I don't want to put my stamp on these answers and then wake up tomorrow and be like, oh my gosh, I, I forgot this person. <laughs> yeah. So let's couch it in. This is particular to this time. These are June 2023 <laughs> on this Monday afternoon and it is not in perpetuity. Okay. So, do you want me to go first, Karen? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. So, the first person that came to mind, like, immediately when I thought of this question was Issa Rae. I love mm, Issa Rae so do. much. You do. Um, Rightfully so, and I mean. The context that I'm putting this in is, like, who are the people I'd like to spend an evening with? Mm-hmm. Um, and who do I think would be the most fun and who would we have the most who would I have the most fun with or and who would have the most fun together so I'm gonna say a lot of female directors actors comedians and just people I really enjoy and maybe a musician or two so Issa Rae Abby Jacobson Eliza Schlesinger Corinne Fisher and Frank Ocean (laughs) Frank Ocean's a bit of an outlier (laughs) I just I would love to meet Frank Ocean (laughs) That was a nice, all of that. nice rundown of five. Nice. Mm-hmm. That you. was really quick. Abby Jacobson, I think when you said that, I was like, oh, yes, I, I want her I want for her. my own, yes, my own dinner party. I'll take her. I'll, I'll, I'll swap in Alana Glazer then. Okay. You can have yes. Abby. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Abby Jacobson, I think, yeah, she would be really interesting. I love Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh would be a good time, I feel like. And, oh, yeah, I'm also, I mean, I'm imagining podcasters right now because mm. uh, we're doing a podcast and one of my favorite podcasts is called Nobody Panic. So having, well, I really love Tessa, Tessa Coates mm. from Nobody Panic. Okay. She would be, nice. she would, I think she'd be great fun. Ooh, how many? Is that three? You got three. Oh, you've, got, you've got Abby, you've got Tessa. Who is your third, sorry? Um, I don't even remember. <laughs> Florence Pugh. Florence oh, Pugh. sorry, you got Thank four. You, you got four. Yeah, you got four. Wait, four? Yeah, you just got with the podcaster. You just got four. Yeah. Wait, we got we got Tessa. We got Abby. We got Florence. I think it was just it's three, three not, right? Okay, yeah. It's just three? Yeah. Two more. Oh, man. I feel like we're giving a lot of female representation. So I'm starting to think of some really 
creative, interesting men. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Karen's such a big, I mean, we both are, but we're both huge Drag Race fans. And I feel like it behooves one of us yes, to have one of the queens. Yeah. I mean, right away, I think Sasha Velour was yeah, the immediate or one of, one of Karen's faves. I think, oh, yeah. they would be so interesting. And I've talked about them on this podcast already. But yeah, my love is is strong. So Sasha Velour, great. Great one. Okay, last one. Do you one. want to add a man in there for fun? <laughs> <laughs> Just for Just fun. Just for fun. Your well, Frank my, Ocean of the group? Yeah, my, you know, um, so Alex and I have recently been talking about celebrity crushes. Um, and Ryan Gosling is my ultimate. <laughs> I got to throw him in. Yes. <laughs> I recently, because he's been kind of, you know, he's been low profile lately. He hasn't been in much, but now with the Barbie movie, he's coming back. Can I please change my answer? I love Frank Ocean, but I would prefer to have Heath Ledger since we're going dead or oh, alive. I'd love yes. R.I.P. Would love to throw Heath. Yeah. In. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That, <laughs> thank you. That is my answer. <laughs> um, yeah. I so Ryan Gosling. You know, with the Barbie movie, he's kind of coming back on the scene after a while. I thought maybe my love for him had dwindled uh, but I watched an interview and I was like oh no it's there it's just as strong as ever <laughs> he's the most charming funny and attractive person it was just a little dormant seen. yeah it's true yeah that is my answer <laughs> perfect I feel like that was a very um chaotic answer <laughs> <laughs> and with this podcast I would love to like really have one where I'm just thinking of like creative individuals uh, but that would take a lot more yeah, more we just thought. want this to be off the cuff, just for fun. You know, we don't need to make it, you know, a be all end all yeah. of who we'd like to meet. You're right. Yeah, You're it's right. all good. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that made me sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. We got another angle to look at now that's different from the ground that we've covered so far. We've got another one from Korea who asks. How does your gender affect your art? Do you think gender takes a role in what you create or not? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great that's a great question. I absolutely think that that plays a role just for the fact that our I think our gender is very uh it plays a role in who we are as as people and it informs our experience so much. And I think art is a reflection of the human experience. So and, and your own personal experience. So definitely, I think being, you know, I identify as a woman, as female, and I do think about my own, like, femininity and what that means for me in society and also just for me personally. And I think that is definitely, or it has informed my art and my, the way I see the world. <laughs> Therefore, the, the art that I create, that's a reflection of that. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about this question a little bit since Kriya sent those questions. I, I read it over and I thought about it a little bit. And gender isn't something for me personally that I've questioned much for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but sexuality definitely has been. And I feel like the way that gender and sexuality play or inform each other does affect how I perceive art and how I how art and music comes through me I feel like 
there's a nice marriage between my masculine and feminine energies when I'm singing and performing and writing more so than in any other part of my life. I think Mm. I feel a lot more connected to myself as like a sensual, this is a weird thing to share. (laughs) I'm feeling (laughs) a little weird now. (laughs) I feel like, um, cut this out and post if necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I feel more in charge of my sexuality when I'm singing and performing and that it's playing a larger role in in that part of my life. Whereas Mm. I don't necessarily think that that takes a front seat for me besides in intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that that is the only time where that energy really feels like it's flowing through me in a way that feels really present and harmonious is Mm -hmm. when I'm performing music. I think that's a great answer. I think you've summed up something that probably a lot of people feel but would have a hard time describing. I think that's fascinating. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's something that feels really like vulnerable to share, but it's very present for me. And I think especially because I write so much about romantic relationships or breakups, those parts of my existence really only come through in those relationships. So when I'm singing those songs, the songs that I've written, and sharing with an audience, it, it's definitely just another space that doesn't exist in any other part of my life, save mm. for these intimate interactions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Now we're going to go off to something that I think you might find other perspectives that Alex and Karen have shared maybe back in episode one, but you have oh. a chance to maybe revisit some of the episode one like material where you introduced yourselves and talked about how you got here because this one also from alana what did you want to grow up to be when you were a child mm-hmm. oh she's giving us the fun the fun yeah, kind of like a, a nice light <laughs> interlude yes. between i changed a lot growing up i wanted to be everything uh Do i you remember, remember kind of in order well I think, well, in the first grade, we had, you know, little yearbooks that our school would do. And my first grade teacher, Mrs. Gordon, hello, um, Mm. she would kind of interview each one of her students and do a little write-up next to our, like, picture in the yearbook. And one of the things was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it would just say, Karen wants to be. And I remember her interviewing me and I told her I wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, that's the same. I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. the first thing that I wanted to be too. I was really, yeah, really adamant about being a veterinarian. And funnily enough, Mrs. Gordon was one of the first people who actually got me to perform, like to sing in front of people. I was singing mm-hmm. at my seat one day, like just doing a worksheet. And she thought the radio was playing. And she was like, where's that coming from? And she realized it was me just singing. It was like the Annie, one of the Annie songs. It's a hard knock life. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked me if I wanted to sing in front of the class. And that was my first kind of performance. I sang mm. Tomorrow from Annie. I decided to change it up, you know, on the day. But mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, Hard Knock Life is a group number. So exactly. you got to choose the solo. Yeah, you got to choose the ballad, the <laughs> solo. But she was like, are you sure you don't want to say singer? <laughs> and I was like, no, Sweet. I'm a veterinarian. And she's like, okay, do you want me to put both? I was like, 
nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, cute. lo and behold, she was right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she knew more surprisingly than the six-year-old me did at the time. Aww. But uh, yeah, that, that was that was the first thing I wanted to be. I wanted to be a journalist at one point. I looked into being like a radio oh my broadcaster. god broadcaster thank you well that came true too look at you right yeah, now look at oh you yes animals. wow watch out all you animals out there. <laughs> <laughs> veterinary uh medicine is next for me maybe yeah. <laughs> still got plenty of time yeah. god no i've definitely changed my mind on that one. Yeah. yeah yeah i also wanted to be a veterinarian that was the first job that i wanted mm-hmm. to do as well was it a um, similar age as me when you yeah yeah that was the first thing that i wanted to be i was obsessed with animals like well i still am but yeah once i found out that you had to put animals down that's mm-hmm. when i decided Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And then I decided quite young that I wanted to be a singer. I was like about 12. But I did go through some other iterations in my like middle school years. I wanted to be a nutritionist for a while. And when I was deciding what to do with music, I also explored music therapy a little bit, looked into that. And then we all know I talked a little bit about considering anthropology, <laughs> considering being minute. an anthropologist. <laughs> yeah, because I love learning. I love learning about anthropology. I loved my anthropology classes. So yeah, that wraps me up in mm-hmm. terms of what, I, what I've considered being mm. over the years, childhood onward. Yeah, that does match some of, I don't have perfect recall of episode one but go listen to episode one if you haven't yet because alex and karen talk a lot more about that sort of thing there for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> now this one is not about the past this one is about the present this is again from korea have you tried any brand new creative endeavors recently and uh-huh. if you have you can think of them did you have expectations for how you would do and did it go the way that you expected <gasps> Okay. Well, I think I've I've talked on this podcast all the all the creative endeavors I've done in our weekly creative recap every episode. I took up sewing recently, some new like bigger knitting projects. I think that's it for new creative hobbies for me. Yeah, I'm really into fashion and style and, you know, have often spent all my money on those things Um, (laughs) and I'm trying yeah trying to incorporate that in a more creative way more of like a an active way that I can really spend time to create those things rather than just consume them so it's still early days for the sewing my mom's been helping me out (laughs) hemmed some pants recently made it did it go as expected not really (laughs) (laughs) they were serviceable uh they were different lengths (laughs) but it's not not terrible the i think the thing that i learned was the amount of time it takes to do these things and Mm -hmm. same with the knitting. I, I recently finished my vest. Oh yeah, pictures on the pod, uh, pod Instagram to come. Yes, yes, and that was that was good too. It's like it's interesting because you never quite know what you're gonna expect when you start these kinds of projects. And I'm still like learning and you know getting to the the point I want to be with them. But I think it's been a positive experience so far. <laughs> Definitely good. excited to keep going with it. I'll just zip through mine. So the newest creative endeavor is what I said I did this week taking that ceramics course Mm -hmm. and I didn't really know what to expect and 
the funny thing was we did kind of two demos in the class and the first time I ran through the steps, I was top of the class. She was like, you're, you're, you're a potter. You've made a bowl. <laughs> and the second time I was the absolute worst and like didn't make anything. So I really don't know what's to come on Wednesday. And that's how it goes, right? Yeah. That's Hopefully you can find, find, find a middle ground. Yeah, find a middle yeah. ground. Yeah, I think that's very much in the spirit of the question, right? Like you just roll with it. And the, the questions about expectations are interesting because it's such a foundational topic that people have talked through their own expectations they've had about their things, right? Mm-hmm. I do have one expectation. I would really like to be able to make my sister a birthday gift in oh, this class. Oh, nice. So something serviceable by the end of the six weeks would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, putting it putting it out into the universe. Yeah, now. and luckily this airs after her birthday, so no spoil no no oh. no worries for spoilers. So oh, I guess we'll smart. find out if that actually happened on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is a good follow on one, I think. This is from Chris. What was your worst instance of a creative block? And if you've got one to talk about a writer's block or a creative block, how did you get through it? I have kind of a funny one that's very specific. So when I entered into my first, well, I guess technically my second serious long-term relationship when I was in my early 20s, we dated for about two and a half years. And I don't think I wrote, I wrote very, very little music during that time. And around the time that the relationship right before we broke up I had joined a band and then we broke up and then I wrote like so much music (laughs) so that wasn't necessarily like a I don't think I necessarily worked through the block intentionally like I didn't I certainly didn't work through the block very effectively while I was in it but that was the longest period of time that I went without writing music. So not to say that I didn't write during that relationship at all, but I wrote so, so little compared to everything up until that point. And then I think until after that point too, I think I've, my threshold for going without writing has shrunk tremendously since then. You know, I would go months without writing when I was in that relationship. And so the answer is we broke up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what the answer Break is really. Break up with your boyfriend yeah. and yeah. you're just... You're, you'll have songs for days. Yeah, swimming in material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough question. I, I really struggle with creative blocks. I think I, I'm in them more than I'm out of them. I think one in particular that stands out to me was at the beginning of the COVID lockdown... That wasn't a creative block that I felt very creative in that time because it was such a crazy (laughs) time and I was home a lot, really just in my thoughts and feelings a lot, could really kind of explore that. And then going back kind of into like the real world, quote unquote, after everything started to open up again, going back to like working outside of my home and kind of having more of that routine, I, I noticed that I just had no... Uh, creative energy. It was it was very draining on me going from being really, you know, on my own schedule, having a lot of time to really reflect, be creative, and then feeling like I had to try to fit it in where I could, but not really, not really being able to come up with anything that felt creative in nature, just kind of, yeah, going through the motions. I'm not really sure how I got out of it. Like I said, like it's it's an ongoing thing with me. I think I, I hit walls a lot, but kind of 
going back to what I've been saying this whole episode, just diversifying projects. I think that's been the best way for me to tap into my creativity. Once I kind of get going with one thing, I find that it bleeds into other other aspects of my life. So if I'm feeling really stuck with music, um, which is always the the one, right, that gets stuck because it's my job and it's the one I feel like I have to have to have to um pour my creative energy into and that feeling of needing to do it I think is what kind of holds me back but just yeah just being able to to really move through other other avenues and and um that's been really helpful so nothing new there but (laughs) I'd like to give a slightly more thoughtful answer just in terms of blocks and (laughs) now that I've you know I've matured a little bit and I don't need relationships to just break up to try to (laughs) shake things up for myself I thought you were Um, good (laughs) you said a more thoughtful answer than mine I was like wow oh no no uh so let me just Let me just that iterate on Karen's very answer. Surface no, level, no, no, no. So I'll, no, I'll no. it was because Karen was giving a more thoughtful answer. I was like, I should maybe <laughs> try a little harder. Um, no, what I've found for myself in my creative blocks, uh, especially around music, is that, and actually, Karen, what you were saying, what made me think of this was prioritizing time and prioritizing mm. open space. Yes. So taking the time, I'm. I'm really not good at doing this, but like not having my headphones on all the time, like going for walks without headphones, I feel like lyrics Mm -hmm. will just come or Mm -hmm. like melodies. So if you're not just like listening to something all the time, there's so much more space for you to explore your own, you know, the, 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 the crevices of your own mind and see what's (laughs) in there. And sometimes that can be scary. And of course that's why I often have headphones on. I'm trying to avoid that deep dive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then listen to music which I guess would imply headphones on potentially (laughs) I also find to be pretty inspiring if I'm you know listening to music that sparks an idea I'll, I'll you know take out my phone and start writing but it's kind of a mixture of the two you need to have enough open space in your life for creativity to to come through Mm -hmm. and so just prioritizing time to write even if you don't feel like writing uh going out for a walk and yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's it. I just and yeah. just I guess knowing what you need, you know, it's it's moment. hard. Yeah, it's hard to know, right? But you're right. Sometimes for me as well, like it's being inspired by something and really, you know, engaging in other people's art and creation that gets gets me excited about things. But then giving myself the time and the space to like really sit with that and and explore those feelings, right? So let it integrate. Hmm. Hmm. This is a good one. After talking about creative blocks and we've talked about where you've been at when you've made music and this one I guess is more in the now than about things that you've had to deal with in the past because Alana asks, what is your usual process, I guess now these days, your usual process when writing a song? And I've listened to both of your music a fair bit so I'm personally very interested in this question. So. Maybe I'll throw this one to Karen first. What do you think? Sure. What is your usual process these days when writing a song? Well, most, if not all, of the music I write is for my band, Earth Tones. And we're very collaborative when we write. So usually it looks like we, we call them song seeds. We'll bring in a song seed and then kind of grow the song together. But so for for me, it's 
usually waiting for (laughs) some kind of spark. (laughs) And then when that happens, it's usually like words, like a, a, a phrase or some kind of melodic idea that kind of gets caught in a loop in my head. So then I sit down at the piano, figure out what key I'm singing that in and try to come up with a basic chord progression. And then we'll kind of go from there. And sometimes the songs kind of write themselves. And I've had a song that I brought to the band. We haven't recorded it yet, but we have plans to. We, we love the song, but it's one I wrote in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and it literally was written in 10 minutes. All the words, the melody, I don't think it much changed. Like some of the chords maybe. But I sat down at the piano afterwards to figure out what they were. And it's almost all just what I figured out in my shower and I would you know be shampooing and then be like oh yeah okay here's the next part and like jump out and grab my phone and like voice memo it so I wouldn't forget it's a lot of just really short voice memos that if you piece them together create a song um and that's that's usually how I go sometimes I've had songs where I've like come back to them I have that like little piece but I can't flesh it out And then I'll just like review my voice memos from like last year and some feel like I'm inspired to breathe new life into them. So it usually just comes from that little spark that I'll just make sure I try to capture and then give it give it space if it needs to have a space. But yeah, 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 just see where it goes. Nice. Yeah. Similar for me in that often I either like sit down and come up with, well, yeah, I guess there's kind of two things that can happen. Like you were saying, Karen, something might come to you in the shower. For me, Mm -hmm. again, like I've already said, like walking is often Mm -hmm. where things come to me, usually lyrically, um, sometimes melodically, but less, less often. When I'm sitting down to write and, you know, just from a blank slate, usually I'll start from a chord progression. So I'll either start playing something on guitar or something on piano. And then I'll start writing lyrics and start singing. And usually the song, I'll, I'll write a song all in one fell swoop. <laughs> um, that's usually how it, how it happens. Like I, I, I'm not much of a crafter when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to develop that skill more. Mm-hmm. I have trouble with editing or changing things. So usually the way the song sounds is the way it was conceived, <laughs> more, more or less. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously when it's been recorded, there's many, many other elements, but in terms of melodic ideas and rhythm and chords, usually it's all happening within that first Mm -hmm. session. And yeah, yeah, I would say besides intentionally sitting down to write something, walking is is the time that uh, ideas come to me the most reliably. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's for me too, 100% walking. Yeah, something where you are kind of again, like can be lost in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And also when you're taking in your surroundings, I mean, the shower wasn't a good example of that one, but I also, um, the song I mentioned earlier about that was written about taxes was written after my tax meeting, walking back in tears, literally mm. singing and crying into oh. my phone. You're like, at uh-huh. least I have a song out of this. Yeah, this one is about day jobs or other jobs, uh, non-artistic gigs that you may have had to do at different times because Alana asks, 
what is the weirdest or the most odd job that you've ever had to do in the time that you've considered yourself an artist? I have a very specific one. Mm -hmm. So it was after my first year at CAP. Was that, is that right? Uh, No, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. This was after second year. So um, I was looking for more work, but I had a very short period of time that I was like hireable because I was going to France for two weeks with, oh, with the oh, crap. singers. Was yeah, that? exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. With the classical choir, we were traveling in France and touring around and, and performing. And it was like in May sometime, end of May. And our classes finished in April. So I had just like one month to try and make some money. And so I (laughs) applied for this landscaping job, which I'd never done any landscaping. (laughs) And I was basically hired by this really, really wealthy woman (laughs) to like basically weed her in huge property, like multi-million dollar home in West Vancouver. And it was just such a strange experience. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was kind of like her little pet. Like I'd just like follow her around her property. And she'd she had other contract workers who were like actually trained in what they were doing. And I was just doing these weird jobs and like kind of vacuuming her basement sometimes. <laughs> or And she would gossip to me about the other people. And it was really strange. She had like two little dogs too that would follow us around so i think that was my strangest definitely (laughs) qualifies yeah and and it was purely for the you know it was just very circumstantial of like i can't really get like a legitimate summer job because i have such a short period of time to fill but i need to make some money before i go sing in europe (laughs) yeah (laughs) such a specific need yes yeah Yeah, hard short-lived position Mm -hmm. it's hard to find those summer jobs when you have that window and people aren't necessarily wanting to hire you on for yeah, just a short and, and amount of time yeah. yeah yeah i i don't know i feel like there's some odd like performance job that i'm forgetting that would would make the cut i've had a few different like performance jobs that have been kind of funny you know like oh yeah nothing very story worthy but like i'm sure we've all experienced those restaurant gigs where no one's like listening to you and you're just (laughs) kind of singing into the ether and when my band when we started out we started as a cover band more and we had this regular gig at a at a restaurant but they didn't have a spot for us so we were right at the entrance I've seen you at this place yeah Yeah, I know the one (laughs) so you know how crammed it is and I do remember at one point just singing to someone's back because they were literally like waiting for their table right in front of me and my microphone I had to hold like close and we had you know the whole band a full drum kit in this space so there was just no room for me to go so I was singing literally like with someone's back a few inches from my face (laughs) and just like is what's happening here like is this you know yeah that was that was a funny time another another time at the same place we witnessed someone get up and yell at the store owner because we were too loud Mm. and uh yeah it was it was quite the production he was really upset (laughs) Mm. um so you know stuff like that where you're just you're doing your you know you're, you're you're performing you're you're getting in there, you're doing what you want to do, but in a way that feels very different than what you expected it to be. Yeah. <laughs> that can be, yeah, those jobs can be kind of funny. 
yeah, I have a few like that, but that <laughs> that one specifically sticks out. We've got one more question here. This has been so much fun. This one is from Josh, and it is again very on theme for the podcast. So I think it's a wonderful way to go out because it's about your ongoing relationship with art and creation. And Josh's question is, I would love to hear, how do you maintain excitement around your creative pursuits? Mm. So that's an open-ended one, but definitely a vicarious worthy Mm -hmm. subject. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's one that I struggle with often. (laughs) (laughs) I, I will answer it much in the same way that I answered the limits and limitations in allowing your creativity to evolve, whether that's evolve within the same project, so viewing it slightly differently, or letting it evolve into new avenues. So for instance, like making this podcast kind of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> joining a ceramics class, yeah. starting a new hobby. Yeah, I think that keeping the excitement it has everything to do with mindset and very little to do with what you're actually working on. Absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I Yeah, I, I feel like we've covered this in the different questions in different ways. But yeah, I can't stress enough how much diversifying, changing up uh, the things that I'm working on and just the, the different kind of facets of my creative flow and understanding, you know, just tapping into those in different ways helps to just keep things exciting. I think also, you know, working with other people is a big one and just uh, having a sense of community and camaraderie and and sharing ideas with others is such a great way to get excited. You know, you can feed off of each other's energy and that's definitely been the case with this podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, being in a band as well has really helped me. I don't, I don't know if I could continue performing and being a solo musician, you know, without having my bandmates there to, again, you know, like write songs together, perform together and have that friendship and commitment to each other. But also that, yeah, that energy and that excitement, I think that is really infectious. So surrounding yourself with people that brings that out of you, I think is really, really important. Yeah, very, very key. And I think uh, since we're all done the questions, that can you know, tie us around to our creative recommendation. And what I wanted to put a pin in earlier, we've already referenced several (laughs) times in this, and it ties in nicely with what you're saying, Karen. My creative recommendation is to find, if, if not kind of like officially, it can be in more of an informal way, but find accountability partners. Mm-hmm. So Karen and like I mentioned, Karen, Jamie, Kriya and I are doing this in kind of a f- more formal way in that we meet every month or, you know, almost every month and we have a Google doc going. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping track of things pretty, pretty closely. And it's, it's quite amazing to have this on on, I, I was about to say on paper, it's on a Google Doc, so not on a physical paper, but you know what I mean, have it written down somewhere and 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 notice when we've accomplished the things that we wanted to accomplish, you know, you mm. oftentimes you do a lot more of the things that you intend to do than, than you think, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I remember quite clearly Kriya was like, I didn't do any, I didn't, yeah, I didn't I meet didn't. any of my goals. Mm-hmm. And then we read them out to them and they had. They, they, had, had, they had done like all of them. Yeah. We were like, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You've clearly done all of this. But sometimes, you know, you set out so much 
you set such high expectations for yourself that it can often feel like you're falling short, but having those people to reflect back to you mm-hmm. and, and to keep that ongoing conversation going about mm-hmm. what you want to do and what you want to create and just having that support system, I have found so helpful and inspiring. So I would, I would highly recommend listeners if you haven't, you know, talk to your friends about your goals or your challenges, like please do. And, and don't be afraid to ask someone to be your accountability partner. I think it's been such a, if not a big help, which it has been, it, it has been a big help. It's also just helped me, or it, it's also just been a real source of connection for me, mm-hmm. um, which arguably mm-hmm. is even more important than like staying on track with your goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Obviously, I'm part of this accountability group, so I have the same same uh, thoughts on that. But yeah, you know, realizing, like you said, realizing that we have actually achieved more than we give ourselves credit for is so important. And to have people to echo that back to us and to be like in our corner, kind of actively supporting and helping you, you know, keep that perspective and also keep you motivated, but also helping you like for myself reevaluate your goals and figure out what they really are I find setting goals is so challenging for me it's not necessarily meeting them but just having them in the first place and having ones that I feel are authentic to me and that feel worthwhile and aren't just goals for setting goals sake Mm -hmm. right and that's yeah that's been a huge help my creative recommendation is kind of similar you know, not, I won't recommend everyone go out and start their own podcast, (laughs) but having this podcast has really, really helped as well in the same ways, really just having that community and having that support to talk about things and to really examine and be more concrete and more intentional with your thoughts and your feelings on certain things has been, has been so, so great. I think having a conversation that is intentional and that's focused but also expansive and free-flowing is so 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 helpful it's been helpful to have them with all of our amazing guests they're people that a lot of them are people that I haven't spent much time with you know some of them are our close friends and some are maybe closer to Alex that I haven't spent as much time with and some I had our like my first conversation with this person on the podcast And just having that opportunity has been so amazing. So, you know, try to find someone that inspires you or interests you or anyone that that you come across, right? You never know what you're going to get out of a person. And just having that sort of really intentional, focused conversation is so nice. (laughs) That's so nice. It's been such a joy. Will, have you got any creative recommendations you can give the listener? Yeah, I've actually got one that is very simple and it's something that I look forward to every summer. I used to do it a lot at my old place. I wanted to grab this one now because I'm certainly thinking about doing it now. I'm excited for the next chance I get to do it. Maybe you can't do this at the particular place where you live, but maybe one of your friends can and you can bring over some supplies and get it done together. Or maybe you do have the space because one of my favorite things to do in the summer is to cook a meal and eat it outside at your place with your friends so that's something i want to do this summer and that would be a hearty recommendation that i would <laughs> yeah. make to anyone else too that's a great recommendation mm-hmm. and if you're an apartment liver like liver that sounded strange <laughs> an apartment dweller <laughs> thank you if you're an apartment dweller like me you can always 
we're lucky in Vancouver, there's a lot of parks. I think making a dinner or making a picnic and bringing it to a park is also an, a lovely a lovely way to do that if you don't have easy outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, yeah. I think the commonality here in all of our recommendations is just find some people that you want to hang out with and yeah. hang out with them, have some good talks. Yeah, and, quality uh, time. Connection. Yeah, build up that community. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of community, I just want to give a huge thanks to you, Will, for being the backbone of this podcast, Mm -hmm. it feels like, and, you know, such a support. And Will is such an encouraging and thoughtful person. We've been so privileged to work alongside you, and we really, really appreciate your help and your support Mm -hmm. in this this project. We couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have done it without you, and we couldn't have imagined how much we actually needed, like how much we benefited from the work that you put into it, and just the support that you've given us and the reassurance as well. I think that's been that's been amazing. So thank you so thank much. You. Well, you're, you're welcome. That's a very gracious way to put it. I mean, I still choose to believe that you, especially now, you absolutely could do this without <laughs> me, but you choose to do it with me. So I'm thankful for that. Thank oh. you. Yeah, and we're yeah, I'm I'm happy to have such a team and. We will be back with you, listener, for season two. This wraps up season one. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in so far. If you haven't heard all the episodes, go back. There's plenty of great conversations to be heard. And go back and listen again if you have, because I've listened to the episodes multiple times, and I always glean more wisdom from our lovely guests. Yeah. And you will hear back from us shortly we don't have an exact date for season two but it'll be sometime in the fall so please stay tuned please follow us on instagram you can find you can find where to follow us everywhere in the show notes and with that this has been vicarious i'm alex i'm karen and i'm will and we'll talk to you next time bye